Welcome to Meditations for Misfits. I'm Fred Gruy. On last week's podcast, we began to explore another one of those questions attributed to God in the Bible from the book of Jonah. And God asked Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? And uh, we looked at how Jonah had quite a number of experiences with this God. One of the terms for God in the Old Testament in the Hebrew scriptures is Jehovah Jireh or Yahweh Uri, the God who provides. And we looked at how in the book of Jonah, God provided a great storm for Jonah and a great fish to swallow him up and a great uh, plant to cover his head and then a worm to eat the plant and then a great scorching east wind to cause him some discomfort. And I think the book of Jonah uh, is a great uh, window into sometimes the ambivalent experiences of life and, and how they can either make us mean and bitter or they can break us open to be more compassionate. And so this week I'll share one of those experiences I've had in life that uh, uh, had that impact on me of uh, offering me an opportunity to become mean and bitter or angry or break me open to become more compassionate. You may know, or I've shared certainly before, that on September 7 last year, 2020, uh, a dear family member of mine uh, died after a long protracted illness. It was a difficult experience, uh, but she died peacefully, and I was with her and my son at the hospital uh, till late in the morning of the 7th. I can remember it was 3 or 4 in the morning. I was driving home, and I, I was struck by this powerful wind that was just everywhere in the valley, and, and that's not all that common here, but there was just a a, a relentless wind all night long. Well, the next morning, I had called off work because I was exhausted, and about one o'clock in the afternoon, a police person came to the door to tell us that there were fires coming our way, and we had to evacuate immediately. Now, these fires were caused by human beings, which is beyond my understanding, but they were picked up by these powerful winds, and there was just fire all over our valley. So uh, I got in my car with my laptop, the clothes I was wearing. My wife Nancy got in her car with her laptop and our dog Shanti, and we took off. Within two or three hours, everything we had owned, accumulated over a lifetime, was just gone, burned. The fires were raging everywhere. And I, oh, I can remember the, the smell of smoke and the sound of sirens and the the burning char, and you couldn't see the sky because the, the smoke was just so thick. And we fled to my son's house, who lived in Medford, and, uh, but then there were a number of people all fleeing to his house because it was somewhat safe at that point. And uh, a friend of mine, a dear colleague, uh, Pandora, a chaplain I work with, was on vacation, and she called me from Washington to say her house was empty, and it was safe, and we could go there. And so we fled to my friend's house and spent the night. And the next night, the fires came to the town her house was in, and so we had to flee there. And we had a friend with us, Jim, who also had to flee. So um, 
I was in my car, and Nancy was in her car with Shanti the dog, and Jim was in his car, and we had to flee that house because the fires were coming, and I had nowhere to go. I can remember they were, they were both behind me waiting for me to lead, and I had no idea where to go. I was frozen. I was listening to the radio. The interstate was closed. Uh, north, south, east, and west, the fires were surrounding us, and there was just, I was, I was lost. Well, in the midst of that, a, a friend of Nancy's had called, who was away as well, and that friend had been, was hiking and said her house in Ashland was, was vacant. If we could make our way there, we could stay there. And so somehow, back roads and, and a circuitous route, we made our way back to Ashland safely. And in the meantime, I was able to secure two hotel rooms, one for Nancy and our dog Shanti and I, and one for our friend Jim. I had the thought of staying at somebody else's house. I just needed my own space. And so we were able to secure the last two hotel rooms, I think, that were available. And we found some safety. But it was an incredible experience where everything that we had owned accumulated. My books, my degrees, my dissertation, my my pictures of our son Elijah when he was a child and all the projects he had made that we had saved, uh, the knickknacks you accumulate over life. It was all gone in an instant. It was an opportunity to become mean and bitter or to break me open and more compassionate. And I want to share with you, this is a a piece I wrote in my journal several weeks later, looking back on those experiences. I wrote, I had a chance just to get quiet and breathe this morning, trying to absorb all that has occurred in our life over the past four weeks, and I found myself wrestling with a jumble of emotions. First, there was deep gratitude for Larry, the incredibly wonderful insurance man from PIMCO, who had helped to make our sport more than speedy settlement possible so we could find housing. And there was an overwhelming and humbling gratefulness for the outpouring of money and good wishes and notes and prayers and chants from so many family and friends. There was the response from folks I hadn't seen in 50 years, my high school class from 50 years ago, people I hadn't seen since then, collected an offering, a generous one, and, and sent it to us to help get through. I was aware that for one prickly, grumpy old man, I sure have accumulated some remarkable companions along the way, and it was simply beyond my understanding. Now, alongside with this gushing of immense gratitude, there was also bewilderment and deep sadness. I mean, why me? Why was I so fortunate? While so many of my neighbors, documented and un, were still going through so much pain, uncertainty, and loss, truth be told, it just broke my heart. If I've learned anything through this ordeal, it is that I need for me to find a way of becoming part of a solution to the local disparities of economy and race while resisting the divisive name-calling and labeling that produces only more pain and dislocation. And finally, there was my emotional response to this one we named God. I mean, through it all, the fires, the sirens, the numerous relocations, the unbreathable 
smoke-filled air, the grief of loss, the uncertainty of the future. There was always a wordless awareness that I was held by this sacred other. Even when I was sitting in that car with no idea where to go, I did not feel alone or abandoned. I experienced at the raw reptilian fear level what a guy once wrote, life is arbitrary, but God is not. And so now I'm left bewildered, incredibly grateful, broken-hearted, safe, and loved. As I say, it's a jumble. And maybe that's the opportunity that the crises in life affords, that we're given good and bad, and we're asked to make the best of it for ourselves and for others we share this life with. We're all in this ambivalent world together. We truly need each other. Nothing like a good crisis of biblical proportions to bring this truth home. And as I say, while uh, I, I was in that place where I could become mean and bitter, thinking this isn't fair, why me? It, my experience of the fire was that it broke me open. And one of the things I am most pleased about and that experience of going through that. My wife Nancy and I made the decision to give a significant donation of money to the uh, United Way of Jackson County to help our neighbors that uh, were not documented citizens, that didn't have government resources or insurance to help them rebuild after their losses, that we were able to share, that it broke me open to realize I am part of them and they are part of me and we're in this together. And I don't say that as a, as a token of great pride, like, oh, we're something special. Not at all. I realize it's my need to share what's been granted to me as a way of giving back and to keeping my heart open for the crises in the future that will certainly come that I will have resources to navigate those as, as well as uh, Nancy and, and I did the fire that we have been through. Well, the conclusion of my journal entry for that morning, uh, some, somehow bubbling up in my soul were words of one of my favorite poets, the uh, Sufi Huf Hafiz. And in his poem, he writes, My love for God is such that I could dance with her tonight without you, but I would rather have you here. As always, thanks so much for allowing me to join you on your journey for these few moments today. In conclusion, I'd like to share a prayer of my spiritual hero, Thomas Merton. This is one of his famous prayers. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I don't see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will doesn't mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope that I have that desire in all that I'm doing. I hope I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always, 
though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen.